Hi, my name is Tim Smith. I'm the president and CEO of EgoPrint Dynamics. I spent a lot of time in school. My joke is I crammed 25 years into four years. I spent 25 years getting my bachelor's degree. Then I went back and three years later got my master's degree. And during that time, I took a lot of business classes. I can't begin to tell you how many I took and I'm not gonna go back and count them. But I can tell you there was not one class on the topic I'm gonna to talk about today. And I think it's one of the most important topics you're ever gonna hear. This topic is kind of like the old commercials that used to be on TV, it was the E.F. Hutton commercials. If you remember the commercials, it would say, when E.F. Hutton speaks, and there's a lot of background noise and all of a sudden everything got quiet and it said, people listen. Well, this is from someone much more important than E.F. Hutton. This message comes from God and it comes from the Bible. I'd like to examine spiritual gifts. And for my topic, it's really in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It takes the entire chapter, but the introduction to it kind of starts in chapter 12. And what they do there is they're talking about a few of the spiritual gifts. And the first one they talk about that I want to talk about is healing. Can you imagine if you were the CEO of the company, and you had the gift of healing? None of your employees would ever have to be sick again. None of their families would ever have to be sick again. You could cure all of them. Or if you had the gift of prophecy, what would that be like? The gift of prophecy is that you know the future. You know what's going to happen. I don't know if you remember, but Back to the Future, one of the episodes had Biffy in it. And Biffy went back and he got a sports book that, that, was, that told what the scores were going to be in all the games. So when he came back, he bet on all the sports games, already knowing what the, what the outcome was going to be. And he became very wealthy because he had that knowledge. Can you imagine, as a CEO of a company, if you had the knowledge of knowing what's going to happen in advance? Or if you have the gift of leadership. All of us would like to have stronger leaders in our company. Wouldn't it be great if a lot of them had the gift of leadership? So all these are beneficial to the company, but Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, if I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So while all these spiritual gifts are important, Paul is telling us the most important is love. I doubt that I'm alone as a CEO that can say, I don't really concentrate too much on my feelings. But it's very important that I start thinking about how I love and exhibit love in my company. So let's talk a little bit about chapter 13 now and what love is. So love is patient. Most of you CEOs are probably shaking your heads right now and saying, I'm type A personality, that's what I am. I've got to have it right now, or I really, I needed it 10 minutes ago, not right now. I can tell you what I have to do on the last day of month, or the first day of each month when my director of accounting is closing the month and that's pretty good. She does it on the first day of the following month to get, a, to get our books all closed. 
I have to take off and go play golf because I drive her nuts. I go in and say, are you done yet? Are you done yet? I want the results. I want the answers. So I had to learn a way to kind of be patient, even though I wasn't patient. I just get out of the way and let her do her job. Love is kind. I think I'm a pretty kind person. And does that really matter? I mean, I remember when I started in business, we just to kind of use and abuse employees. And we just use them up. But I don't think that's the way God wants us to be. So love is kind. We shouldn't be taking advantage of people. And so then Paul continues in 1 Corinthians 4 through 7, telling us what love is not. Love does not envy. I remember going out in the parking lot with my partner, and uh, we were kind of kidding around. I drive a four-year-old four uh, Subaru, and he drives an 11-year-old Acura. And uh, we were walking around our, our employees' cars, and there were four brand-new Mercedes SUVs and a Lexus. And we could say, you know, we're paying them too much or something like that, but instead, both of us kind of felt, you know what, I'm glad that they were able to buy a nice car. I'm glad we're paying enough for them to buy a nice car. There was no envy there, and I think that's the way God wants us to behave. Love is not boastful. I had a friend that told me that just about everything he did was the best in the world. And he was, you know, so brash about how he does all the, everything right and does everything good and all this stuff. But you know what? I did notice he doesn't have a whole lot of friends. And I wonder if that had to do with his boastfulness, always thinking he was better than everybody else. And right kind of tied along with that is love is not arrogant. And arrogant meaning having or revealing an exaggerated sense of one's importance or abilities. Friends, I believe that arrogance really is a sin. And when I think about sin, I think about Jesus on the cross. And I think about our sins, hammering that nail one more time in his hands. So if sin is that important and arrogance is that bad, I would like to look at how I am and I want to try to um, eliminate arrogance from my life. Love is not rude is the next one. I remember a scene where a young man was talking with a utilities company as he was trying to get something set up, his internet, I think. And he went through the thing we all have to do when we call a big utilities company. He spent the 10, 15 minutes going through, punching numbers on the phone till he got to finally speak to somebody to get the, the thing taken care of. And while he was talking to them, you know, they're, unfortunately, they're trained to take more time to go through surveys and ask you questions. And it's got to be one of the most frustrating things in the world. And I was getting frustrated just watching him. And he finally got to the point he just cracked and he blew up at the person and got all mad at them. Well, I was thinking there thinking, you know what? That person was just doing their job. They weren't doing anything, deserve any of that. And I felt kind of bad for the person on the line, but I thought, is that what I do when I call and I get frustrated with the utilities company? Is that what I do when I call and get frustrated with anyone? I want to in the future, after seeing that, I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that shows the love of Jesus and to lo show love and to be kind and not rude. Love is not self-seeking. One of the best ways 
to make our company work better is for everybody to be dedicated and serving each other first. And how do we do that as CEOs? Do we serve our employees? Do we think about them as we make decisions? Do we think about them when we take actions? How can I serve others at work? Well, here's one way. I'm sure all of you have seen recently the inflation that is, has been happening and how much the, it is just to go buy groceries. I know when my wife and I go to the grocery store, we used to spend, oh, maybe $150, now it's 200. Or when we would spend 100, now it's 125. We can't believe how much everything has gone up. How about gas? Gas is up probably $2 a gallon over what it was just a few months ago. So what does that mean to our employees? They're suffering with the same thing. So can we give them a raise? Can we give them a raise when they truly need it? And they do right now. If they have a deadline, can we spend some time helping them? Help them get away so they can go spend time with their families and not keep them working all hours of the night. When I started my career, I guess, uh, you know, I started at the bottom, so I had all kinds of jobs. I did, uh, you know, I cleaned floors, I took trash out, I did everything. Well, if the trash is overflown in the office, I know I'm really good at it. I can take the trash out and I can help our employees with that. Proverbs 3.27 says, when it is, your, is in your power, don't withhold good from one to whom it belongs. And I think a lot of times as CEOs, we don't look at some of the things that are in our power to fix that we can fix immediately. God has given us that power and we need to not abuse it. Love is not irritable. I was wondering if all these things I'm telling you right now is getting a little bit irritating to you now, but um, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but does rejoice at truth. Love will not stand for gossip or backstabbing or talking behind people's backs. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. How many of us do that? How many of us forget, forgive and forget right away? I think as a CEO, we need to set an example and do that. When somebody apologizes and then they come up and bring it up again, I like to say, I don't even know what you're talking about. Because I think that's the way God deals with us. He forgives us and he forgets about it. I started talking about spiritual gifts. Do you know that spiritual gifts have an expiration date? Here's what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 12. Love never ends, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. So the one thing he's saying, or in chapter, or verse 13, it says, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So those are the three things that remain of the spiritual gifts. So the other things are going to be going away. The Bible also talks about storing up treasures in heaven. 
Have you ever thought about that saying and how you can do that and what that really means? How do you store up treasures in some place you, you can't go to? Sure, there's ways of maybe donating money to a good cause, helping Christians out in that way. And I think that's taking the money you have here and storing it up in heaven. That'll be remembered. And I think uh, love is another way of storing up treasures in heaven. I remember there was a time, a couple things I can, I can tell you about examples I've heard of CEOs doing things that I think is storing up treasures in heaven. There was one CEO that hired a new employee and she was just the receptionist. And although that's a really important job for a company, it's really kind of one of the low on the totem pole jobs. And she worked for this gentleman for about two months. She was a single mom and just getting by. And she went to the doctor and found out she had cancer. And she came back to work crying when, the, when she had to tell the, the boss that she was going to have to take off work for four months. And the boss had a real heart for her. And he said, well, he goes, that's good because you've been here two months and uh, you'll get, uh, you'll get uh, whatever it is, 160 days of PTO. So you can, you'll get paid while you're off. He just felt that he should do that for her. And I thought that was a really good example of how you can love someone. Obviously, she'd only been there two months. There's probably nothing in, um, nothing in their employee manual that said they were going to pay someone for four months taking time off. But he really was really led by God to, to take care of this young woman. Another one, uh, my partner and I were walking in the parking lot. We do a lot of things in the parking lot, I guess, for employees. We were walking in the parking lot and we noticed that this one um, employee that drove a long ways had an old car and the, the steel was showing in his tires. And he drove about 50 miles one way to work and back. So we were kind of concerned about him even making it home that night. So we told him we wanted his keys. We called up a mechanic to come over, pick up his car, put a new set of tires on it. He says, I can't pay you for that. I don't have the money. And we said, that's okay. We want you to be able to be safe going home and coming back. And I think those are examples of how you show love to people at work and how you store up treasures in heaven. There's a book called Love Works. It's by Chris Conley. And it has a, a little uh, formula in here that I wanted to share with you. Ken Blanchard writes a formula and he says, I was struck by the simplicity and power of this equation. Love God plus love people equals love works. What a wonderful way to summarize Jesus's rank order values. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. One more example of love and uh, what that means to me is um, I was visiting my grandson and granddaughter last month. And uh, a lot of times when I go up there, the parents want to go out, go for a night out just to get away and get a break. And I love to do that. I, we, I say we have a slumber party. I have a slumber party with the kids. And uh, we had a really good time. And my grandson came over to me after the, or just before the parents were going to get by, get home. And he sat on my lap and he said, Granddaddy, I really like you. And I don't know what that would mean to all, to all of you. But I'll tell you, that just melted my heart. And I can't tell you how much I love this boy. 
So love really works. And I think love should be a component that we think of at work. And we need ways to show love. And as employees see us, they're going to start acting that way too. Wouldn't it be nice if your company, you could just see and feel, if, if, if a visitor came in and they could feel the love that your employees had for each other and the love that they had for customers and how, much, how many more customers would want to come and do business with you because they felt that when you dealt with them. And vendors would want to deal with you because you didn't take advantage of them. You showed love for them too. I think that this is just such a great thing that all CEOs can implement in their companies. And you know what? It doesn't really cost anything. As I read the Bible, I really believe that we have an example right here of a way to transform a company by following what Jesus has taught us to do. Thank you for the time. I'd like to close in a prayer. Lord, this has been a really good lesson for me. And if it goes nowhere else, I'm glad that I am able to start implementing some of this stuff at my workplace. And Lord, I pray that all the people that are listening to this message will also see the advantage of this and see that there's an eternal return on investment for loving your employees and loving the people around you. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with each of us as we go this, take this journey and try to implement love in our lives and in our workplaces. In Jesus' name, amen.